I guess say what you will about Skype, but at least it connected every time. It's good I to have a backup so, plan. I'm I'm at a loss. Well, welcome everyone to a technically troubled episode of We Were Gamers. <laughs> well, hopefully not now that they're listening to it. Um, wow. That's true. I'm wow. sure it'll be great on the far end, but man, here in the moment. It we'll almost great. Yeah. We'll fix it in post. I literally, well, I guess I'll <laughs> fix it in post. Yeah. Uh, it's There's nothing to fix. We're good. We're recording. Let's hurry up and talk about video games before I throw a rock at the Discord servers. <laughs> What if instead of talking about video games, I derail us completely and we talk about drywall? <laughs> we, we we were homeowners, a podcast. Okay. Have you guys ever had to patch a hole in a drywall? All the time. Wow, this sucks. <laughs> it's not that bad. It's a practice makes perfect kind of thing. Yeah, I definitely feel that. Uh, uh, through, let's say... Uh, you know, when your feet get rested on a wall, sometimes things don't stay where they should. Like the wall. Wait, what? <laughs> what? You know, the, the wall, it didn't stay a wall. It became a hole. Why did the wall become a hole? I missed this part. Because my feet were on it. Are you, you trying to tell us that you kicked a hole did in your you wall? Kick? <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't say kick. <laughs> Anyway, there was this the hole in a wall. Of the wall with your foot. There was this hole in a wall for a while because it's been like I need to have time to fix it, and this has been a while since we had some time. Anyway, uh, I had some time this weekend and found like they sell these little drywall patches. It's not a big hole, you know, it's a small one. And man, doing that stuff sucks. I don't like this, and I understand why people would pay other people to do this for you. Yeah. The bigger the drywall hole, the easier it is to fix. Yeah, I can see that because a small hole, it's like you have to get really like precise and be really like smooth with it. Whereas if it's just a big one, you just cut out a big section and then there's very small edges at the sides, you know? Yep. Gosh darn it. <laughs> and then you got to uh, on this podcast. Mud and skim and dry yeah. and sand and mud and skim and dry and sand and mud and skin. And meanwhile, you have to wait like, you know, five to ten hours between the various muddings because the compound you bought doesn't dry that fast. And it's also been rainy as heck and windy here, so that the humidity is high, which makes it not dry fast. Let's talk about how cold it is. Hey, guys, it's been pretty cold over here. I don't know. <laughs> How's it up there? We have yeah, joined too. the ice on our cars crowd. Mm-hmm. Welcome uh, to the club. I want to mention one thing about ownership that I find not fun. Okay. Two things. Here, I'm going to, we're going to do two things. Two things. One, I'm not afraid of heights. I do not enjoy going on my roof. I don't even enjoy being in my own attic. So a roof <laughs> sounds worse. <laughs> I had to get up there to deal with some uh, rain drainage. I have a flat roof, so it's kind of a issue when it comes to that. Definitely want to make sure that drains. Yeah, you kind of don't want a pool, you know? No, that's bad. On top of you. And in the last huge bout of rain, I was like, there's not enough rain coming off of my roof right now. There should be more. What is wrong? 
So I had to go up there on a, an extension ladder and figure it out. So two stories up on a extension ladder that probably was born before me. That's number one. Number two, I'm sending this to the group chat. Enjoy this photograph. Uh, Michael, you can join in this part of the game because I know this happened to you in your apartment. Let's play. What did the people before me do here? <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, boy. That is a great game. The worst game. <laughs> I decided to dig a hole this week because the ground was wet and soft and nice and easy to move this plant that we wanted to save, uh, but we wanted it somewhere else because I'm tired of running into it every time I go into the bathroom. It was... See- Seems sensible. Improperly placed. So the first thing I discovered while digging this hole uh, that I have sent to the group. Yep, looking at at the picture of what looks like a plugged pipe. Okay, so the plugged pipe's a good thing to have found. Okay. That's the clean out for the bathroom, which they had buried under three feet of dirt. So, yay. Hmm. (laughs) There's also what looks to be a severed cable. Two two ends of the severed cable. There's one on the left, and I'll we'll post this picture to the Instagram for everybody to see. One on the left, one on the right. I did not sever that cable. It's in a rusted us rusted old pipe. Yeah, and it looks like it was cut deliberately. Yeah, those are some clean cuts. Who knows what that powered? My guess is the pool. At some no. point, they decided either to cut it on purpose or accidentally. And then just rerouted the power for the pool a different way. Life's mysteries never cease. Yeah, it's really important that if you uh, move into a place, do your best not to look under and beneath behind things because it's a terrifying experience. Yeah, I know you have played a lot of games of where does this wire go? Oh, yeah, I found I was digging another hole separately from this. We're, we're removing some grass and uh, I dug out a bunch of it to dig down and... Oh, look, there's an old cable wire here. How far does this go? And does it actually connect to anything? No. The answer was no. It was cut (laughs) off about 50 feet away. I think usually it's best to let sleeping dogs lie in some of these cases. (laughs) Just like, you know what? I don't need to know where this goes. It clearly doesn't go to where I want it to go because otherwise it would be connected. Yeah. Yeah. True. I do have to chase a irrigation pipe at some point. To try and salvage exactly four feet of it. Because it goes underneath a walkway. As I say that irrigation is the unfortunate exception. Because you have to trace down where all that water is going. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Yep. Otherwise you just have a wet part of your yard for no reason that you can't understand. Exactly. I uh, applaud your efforts in trying to do drywall for the first time. Maybe. Yeah, it was my first time. Okay. Uh, it, it, uh, you know, it's patched now. Um, I need to do some more sanding, and obviously it didn't get painted or anything. Um, but it'll probably be fine in the end of the day. Yeah. It's just, uh, man, what a hassle. There's, so they like, make stuff. They make a sander to, only for this purpose? It yes, looks, I have one. The sponge? Like this little sponge thing. Yeah, yep. good. Okay, good. Some people have told in the past about this, and they didn't know about it, so I want to make sure you knew. I read a lot of different things, and I was prepared to try, like, three <laughs> different methods before I settled on the easiest one, which is what I should have just started with. <laughs> yep. And the self-adhering drywall tape is also a necessity. Yeah. And the patches, that they make these patches that can go over small holes that are just, like, made out of aluminum and self-adhere, so you don't even need the tape. 
uh, and then you can just go straight to the mudding and stuff on top, which Ooh. is pretty helpful. But obviously, it's not like you know as sturdy as a full drywall replacement would be. Maybe you do just enough of a bad job that you can still slightly remember where that is, so you don't put your feet back on it. <laughs> yeah, we're not assuming that you kicked a hole in the wall. No, that isn't what happened. So, you know, that who would even do something like that? That's just such a silly thing to even say. <laughs> Certainly not you. It wasn't definitely it was me. <laughs> oh, that makes me feel better. That wasn't the only novel thing I tried this weekend. Okay. You guys, we also uh we received a lot of like gadgetry over, you know, from the wedding and stuff that we haven't had a chance to try out. And so we made an effort this weekend to do some of that stuff. So we cooked pasta from scratch today, and I will say, that came out really great. Does it taste good? <laughs> oh, yeah? Yeah. Uh, my wife, you know, look, it's, it's really her, not me. She did okay. a great job. Um, <laughs> credit where credit's due here. I, I helped. Um, you you supervised, quote unquote? No, man, you know, it's a two-person she, job running all this, like, the dough. We have to knead it all the time and then run it through this little flattener and then the yeah, cutter. You have and, to crank the settings down one by one to get it thinner and thinner as you keep feeding it through. Yeah. Or just have really fat, thick pasta, which maybe is is what we did. But <laughs> yeah, you know, you could. Anyway, it turned out really good, um, really, really good. So that was like a we're gonna try this and see how it goes, and it went great. Uh, and I made a sous vide steak. Oh yeah, which is also the first time I have tried that at home. Uh, it was awesome and ridiculously easy. How long does that take? So the answer is. As long as you want. Yeah, pretty <laughs> okay. much. Um, by the nature of sous vide, I guess for the folks out there, if you're listening and you don't know, sous vide is uh, cooking by water immersion. Right. You yeah, can. It's true. Um, the gadget that we got is a um, like a immersion circulator that also is a, has a heating element inside it. And basically you just clip it on the side of your pot or bin or whatever. And it will circulate the water and set the temperature and keep track of how hot the water is and keep it at a constant temperature, which is the key. And then you just set a timer and it beeps when it's done. Yeah. That's literally it. So it's like, oh, you want to do a steak? Well, steak is good at 130 degrees. So you put it in a plastic bag, seal it up, make sure the seal is above the water line and the steak is all the way under. And then you just let it go. And then you come back as long later as you feel like. Because it's impossible to overcook with sous vide because it can only ever get as hot as the water is. So you could let it go for six hours if you want. You're not doing anything for the past, you know, four and a half of them. But <laughs> Which one do you have, JJ? Uh, the brand is Anova. Okay. Uh, and it has like a bunch of... Actually, I will. Okay, I kind of. I wish I had not mentioned their name because their product is not that great. Uh, <laughs> the or I guess to be fair, the product itself is good, but the app that goes with the product is garbage. Oh my god! Okay, hold on. Let's take a step back here. I am firmly in the uh, cooking should not require an app. Yeah, me too, man. Yeah. So, can you use this thing without an app? Uh, it it feels like it doesn't have any controls on it to, with which to use. It almost shouldn't, right? Yeah, I mean, there's like a little dial that you can use to set the, the temperature. So, okay. That should but be I all you need. need. <laughs> well, but like, how do I set the time? You don't, 
Why do you need to set the time? Come back to it in four hours. <laughs> say, <laughs> because set an egg turn off. Yeah, I mean, look, you're absolutely right. But they make they want you to use this app so that you can do like Wi-Fi and Bluetooth and like you know sit in the other room and get notifications from your immersion thing that it's ready. Fine, but man, that app is terrible. And uh, hey, if y'all are listening, Anova, you guys need to get your act together. Holy cow, dude! Just let me hit the button and let it go. Like I don't need everything else that that thing is doing. What could the app possibly provide you other than a timer? I don't understand. I, I don't know either. So why so, is, why yeah, do you need an app, a, and why is it a bad app if it's just a timer? I mean, it's not just a timer. That's why it's bad. If it was just a timer, I wouldn't be complaining. It's trying to be like, hey, download a recipe, and then like set the settings exactly the way you want, and here's all this stuff, and we're going to send you notifications, and let's scan for Wi-Fi. It's like, no, dude, just connect. I don't. Why are you telling me this? So yeah, mine is also on a Nova. <laughs> yeah. It seems to be a popular brand. Um, yeah. I will say the the actual part where it does the cooking seems to be pretty good, but the rest oh of it, it just don't. I can't. Oh my gosh, I'm laughing so hard, I'm crying. I can't. I just can't with some of the kitchen stuff that people have created. Oh my goodness. Oh. I mean, in theory, the idea is great. If the thing connects to Wi-Fi, right? You could be like in your office and start it three hours before you get home. I see. It, if you set it up in the morning, right, and you get home and it has done its job and your steak is ready, you could just plop it out of the water, throw it in a pan on the other side for a minute and a half and be good. Right. But at the same time, given the way that it works, you could also just turn it on in the morning before you leave and not have to deal with that. Yeah. Bam. But then, you know, Bam. you're wasting power for like eight hours. Sure. Yeah. That's what a slow cooker does, though. <laughs> not wrong. <laughs> oh. I just imagine people, you know, mostly using their phones on the toilet. Like, oh, got to start my sous vide. I mean, hey, <laughs> cooking when you need to cook it, man. There you go. <laughs> That's true comfort and convenience technology right there. Oh, my goodness. Oh. Anyway, that was all right. I had a good time with that. <laughs> the steak turned out really good. Are we? That's it. I can't handle any more today. <laughs> <laughs> just call it there. Yep. I just, I can't get over, like, have your Wi-Fi connected smoker and your Wi-Fi connected this and your Bluetooth no, I, connected that. Look, it's man, just like, just, I, let's just say I didn't, I didn't pay for this device. I, it was given to me. And <laughs> I don't, and I don't think that maybe like a slow cooker or a rice cooker or a sous vide or things that maybe you could, like, you brought up a good point. If I'm at work and it's like four hours ahead and I need to start it now so that it's ready when we get, okay, fine. Maybe that has a point. But, like, the Bluetooth meat thermometers, just stand up, go over, and look at the... Yeah. The the Bluetooth is especially useless because, you know, if you, like, turn the corner in your house to where the TV is or something, you are now out of the range of the Bluetooth and then can't get any of the notifications. What's the point? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I saw a Bluetooth grill. What, What is it telling you? It's hot in here. Okay. Thanks <laughs> a lot. Meat, that meat is still there. Oh, boy. All right. This was a gaming podcast. I want to read a quote. Yeah. Okay. 
Quote, last I heard, there was a talk between Nintendo and Square Enix about what they could do with Kingdom Hearts 3. It was deemed unfeasible to get Kingdom Hearts 3 on the Switch. End quote. Uh, this is an editor's note. The Switch supports Unreal Engine 4. The game is, quote, very demanding and, quote, not necessarily you can put out without paring it down a lot. While the author is unsure if the remasters are, quote, actively being worked on, he believes that uh, that's probably where they settled on it. JJ, uh, you often express a desire not to overextend our knowledge of development, and that is probably true. I agree with that sentiment. Putting people on blast and saying things are easy is not always appropriate. Sometimes it's appropriate, but generally speaking, it's not. While I do uh, align with the sentiment of this, that the remasters of Kingdom Hearts 1.5 and 2.5 and all that stuff would be easy to put on a Switch because they played on a PS3. One would think that they could, uh, in theory, be run by a Switch, although they may not be easily recoded for a Switch. That's a Kingdom Hearts joke because there's a game called Recoded. I saw what you did there. Yeah. I would like to actually not talk about the developers here. Um, I want to talk about the editorialization of a rumor. Mm. Okay. The Switch supports Unreal Engine 4, which is good. But maybe the processor is not that great. Yeah. Comparatively to like a PlayStation Pro or whatever. Sure. Sure, it's, and it's a different kind of architecture too, right? Since it's sure. uh, whatever the Switch is versus whatever the PlayStation uses, they're not the same. Right, right. Um, but this game did start its life on PlayStation 3, and according to most of the people that play the game, the graphics show that it was going to be a PS3 game. The videos, etc., are not overly demanding of a PS4, from what I've heard. Well, you can't turn, you know, you can't make assets and good-looking games out of stuff that didn't look that way to begin with, right? Copy that. I don't see how the logic tracks for creating your own rumor here, basically, that even though something is functional, it won't work, and that, oh, they'll bring out the old games, but they won't bring out the new game. Like, it's okay to report exactly what you've heard, right? At the end... At the beginning of this, last I heard, Nintendo and Square Enix uh, don't think they could bring KH3 to the Switch. Done. That's fine. Right? But editorializing beyond that into saying, oh, it's too demanding, and saying why it can't be done, um, and then saying that other games in the series are actively being worked on, probably is overly confident in one's own guesstimation skills when maybe you should just leave it alone. I don't I really don't like that type of stuff especially around games like this where trying to be the hot rumor because you think you have an in versus the actual only facts that were said. This doesn't seem like a good piece of reporting to me. It's a tough one. I think because there's a couple ways you can see that. I agree with what you're saying, assuming that the reporter here doesn't have other information that he is not disclosing in this article. Right? One would hope that he, she, etc., any reporter, if they had exact 
quotes and or inside information would present it as fact and say that a source said X and quote that person versus saying you heard that these two people talked that when they talked, they said "Eh, it's too hard, Uh, but they didn't say why. And then editorializing that, oh, it's probably too hard or too demanding, or you'd have to do this or that. And then guessing what else went on behind the scenes after that meeting, you would say, no, they said that even though it runs on real four X, Y, Z assets could not be recreated for the switch. However, at the end of that conversation, source a said that these two companies have settled on doing the other two games anyway. To me, this doesn't even pass the smell test. If you can't bring out Kingdom Hearts 3, I don't think Nintendo's going to be out there being like, well, then we got to have the other two. They wouldn't have that conversation. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I mean, that conversation comes down to a, can we sell copies of this game on this system thing? And if we do, then, you know, what are the plans going forward and that kind of stuff? That's like a business, you know, discussion. Not even a, they don't even talk to the technical people before the business person gets in and says, like, can we even make money doing this? And the answer is no, you can't, if you can't, if you're going to tell people Kingdom Hearts 3 can't be on the system. Yeah, and then the business guy goes, well, this seems like a waste of my time. We're leaving, and then they leave, and the technical guy never hears anything. Which is why this quote to me is such a stinker of reporting, and I wish, and this is what I was really getting at, I guess, is uh, there's some Nintendo news we're going to talk about later today. And good reporting happened before and after that. Really good reporting. Stuff that, like, makes me jealous of people working at these outfits and the contacts that they have made and all that sort of stuff. And, like, wow, that's really cool. He knew about XYZ before they, you know, like, that's really good sourcing. And then there's this, which is, like, ooh, we got the Kingdom Hearts 3 news that it's probably not going to be on the Switch. Well, we got to really get out there and... You know, before that hype dies down, get the clicks here and oh, make editorial comments about what could maybe be on there and what can't without calling them editorial comments. Yeah, that's I think that gets into a bigger issue of, you know, the way news is reported these days in general. How do you mean? Well, I just mean in people being people being in so much of a rush to be first that they will run without having either run without having a full set of facts or try and embellish upon the facts that they do have. Yeah, I guess this falls in the embellishment category because it just doesn't pass the smell test to me of like... And, you know, it could have been this guy was like, hey, there's rules before we can hit publish. It has to be X words, you know, and like, man, I'm one sentence short of this number. I just need to add something on here. I don't know. I'm just going to type some stuff like, you know, like, and that's just like a error of judgment. Not even He's not even trying to do anything here. And of course, he could be being nefarious about it. We don't know, but like either way, it's bad. <laughs> I, I, I don't attribute also, also any malice to this. I just want to be clear, I, I'm, and that's why we're not uh, quoting the author or whatever. I, I don't think that it's directly only this author. I just think that it's just it just doesn't it subverts the entire thing to that then say like oh and then where it's actively being worked on in quotes, but it's not. Anyway, sorry, Michael, what were you saying? No, I was just going to say it's also it just sort of feels like making us making the editorial comments without really having the the conviction to stand behind them. Right. Because it sounds like the 
with the oh it might happen or i can't really comment on the the other games in the series being developed it just sounds like giving yourself a whole bunch of outs to later on when it turns out that they do or they don't and your predictions are are if they're wrong to be able to say oh well you know i didn't really know i didn't that's also the way that people that haven't announced games talk about everything though like if you ask a company hey are you guys developing something we have nothing to discuss at this time like they're just never going to say until they announce it formally right they're never going to tell some random person asking them yeah definitely we're doing this we're telling it to you first like sure. no that's yeah, yeah. so of course, you know it's but, like it, but it's not even sourced right like okay yeah. half the stuff that comes out three quarters of it leaks through sources and that's fine and like you know, all of those sources don't want it to be traced back to them because they're probably not authorized to talk about. <laughs> of course, it. it's a you know, what if it just worked like the movies where everyone knows what movies are under development and it was fine? Yeah, there's still surprises in that. You know, they've That's done true. they've done some pretty great jobs with like okay, temporary uh, spoiler zone for a second here about M Night Shyamalan films. If anybody cares. But uh, there was a really good job done of making that split movie that he made two years, three years ago, and the movie Glass just came out. Um, no one knew that Split was an Unbreakable film, right? Yeah, yeah. They hid who was in it, uh, Bruce Willis being in it, and they they didn't they they didn't tell you what the story was. They only showed you like, oh, he has a split personality in the trailer. So to me, that is fantastic filmmaking in just in the beginning right away because every other trailer you watch is oh i know what's happening here oh i know what's happening here or imdb gives away like uh ooh this person's name is this and this person's name is this and like before batman came out the first one we knew who was playing razal ghul wasn't actually playing razal ghul because the code name for the characters were wrong and they used a different code name and you know people worked it backwards and they're like oh it's liam neeson it's not ken watanabe that's crazy so anyway uh yeah you know, I, I, make it work like, like movies is fine with me and and that works right and there's still room for surprises in that medium so it doesn't have to be like everything is secret until it's all completely public like sure it's it doesn't yeah, have to I feel be like, like this there's, i feel like there's a, a slightly different relationship though to the audience base where you're talking movies versus video games i think a movie audience is much more willing to accept oh it's still in development they had to do say for instance reshoots so you know it might push the date out whereas with a video game the fans i feel like are a lot less tolerant of delays in the process and you know filmmaking has been an art or a thing that has been done for what a hundred years more than a hundred years at this point yeah and video games are significantly younger i don't know maybe that's something that changes over time i don't think that you are per se wrong michael um i think that people are very impatient a la the blizzard crowd um there hasn't been a new diablo in whatever amount of years and People are rioting on their forums. And I think that's probably true. Like, oh, we're not going to announce it until we know what date to give them because otherwise we're going to have a riot. But I actually think more importantly, you really don't hear this 
the release dates and who what they're making from these bigger companies you'll hear it from smaller companies oh well we're working on super meat boy forever or we're working on hollow knight 2 right like immediately because they want to get the word out like hollow knight's going to get a sequel let's let's start talking about it now because so maybe people will buy it or we need a kickstarter or whatever it's the big companies it's nintendo it's ea it's blizzard it's activision they don't want people to know because they don't want investors to know that their profits are three years out from x franchise or they're you know like oh yeah we're working on call of duty and we're gonna work on call of duty real hard oh okay great that sounds good cool investor call went great okay but actually behind the scenes call of duty is three years away probably you know what (laughs) i mean uh yeah it's like it's even disingenuous to say that because they have the one now where they're like, oh, we have this announced game and these ones that just came out and like, you know, we're look at all these great things we're doing. Bro, they're working on games that are two and three years away, too. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> shock. They're going to be another Call of Duty next year. Like, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that's my news story for today. <laughs> so let's talk about some <laughs> reporting that was real good. That Nintendo Direct, y'all. Oh, okay. Yeah, you want to j- jump into that? Yeah, man. Let's, let's do dude, it. This, okay. It's what we. It's the news. That's the news, man. All right, so, let's start with the most important announcement right up front: Mario Maker Two. Heck yeah! So one of the two things I want to talk about one at the end here after the direct because it didn't come out. But one of the two things that I saw reported ahead of time before the direct was Mario Maker Two and an unannounced game which will not be announced at the direct and those two things came out in the report he wrote a small thing he's like mario maker 2 is coming my source says and another game that won't be announced at the direct my source says easy that's good reporting no editorialization on to that i'm gonna I'm <laughs> editorialize all over this right now <laughs> yo you can make a slope yeah that seemed to be what a lot of people were super excited about that and luigi showing up in the in the promo shot also uh, three 3D stuff ish. So it's it's 3D world, right? So the the Mario 3D world game which was out in on the Wii U, I think, but not included uh, in the first Mario Maker. Correct, yeah. Um so that's cool and they went through and put a whole bunch of uh new enemies and stuff. If you frame by frame that trailer, there's a bunch of stuff in there that was not in the original game. Okay, so wait, 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 let's back up for a second. You are the only one here, I think, that has played the original Mario Maker. Am I wrong? You are not wrong. Okay, run, run down for just five minutes. It's you make Mario levels. Yes. Yeah. So it is a tool set essentially to create your own version of Mario levels, and then go play the original other Mario. Uh, you upload them. Right. And then they can be played by other people in various forms. There's, uh, You get a code, and then anyone with your code can download the level. Or you can join a, uh, they called it like a 100 Mario challenge, where you get 100 lives, and you play random levels from people off the internet. Cool. You know, so then people got you know really into these sort of like, uh, the, the people who make essentially ROM hack Mario levels stopped doing that because there were tools that let them do it here. Uh and, you know, so the, a lot of the creators, you got these really inventive levels that can do all sorts of stuff. You know, you can, uh, the the ones that were available in original Mario Maker was uh, Super Mario Brothers, the original game. Super Mario Brothers 3, uh, the, the third one for the Nintendo. Super Mario World. 
and New Super Mario Brothers U. Now, so those four styles of Mario games. Is there a failsafe or a check sum or some kind of way to uh, make sure that these levels are beatable? Yes. In order to upload the level, you have to complete it yourself. Wow. That does not stop people from uploading levels that are total crap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, are you only can... beatable by secret doors that you can't find or keys that are hidden in a mass of 8 million enemies or whatever. Uh, so there are a lot of bad levels. But, you know, there's also rating systems and voting and you can, you know, uh, like or dislike levels, follow creators, that kind of stuff. Uh, who knows if what any of that stuff is in the new game. They haven't shown any of it. Um, but, you know, there there were systems to handle that stuff in theory. Okay, so Mario Maker 2 looks pretty good from my perspective. Yeah, I mean, it looks like Mario Maker, which is great, on a platform where a lot of people are actually own, unlike the Wii U. So that's great. <laughs> yeah, as as po- as hugely popular as it was on the Wii U, I think this one is going to be this one's going to be big. I'd like to applaud the fact that they kept it under wraps this long and it launches in June. Yeah. Uh unfortunately, I'm suspect that the Nintendo online subscription is going to get in the way of how good this could be. Nah. Um it'll be fine. You know. You'll be able to sign I've... into Xbox Live with it. <laughs> It'll be good. It'll be fine. It just I'm sure it'll be fine. You know what? But it just, increases It's a bummer that I'm going to have to pay 20 bucks to play Mario Maker online. Ah, whatever. It increases the value of that thing. Plus then this way you you will finally play the NES classic games and in Christmas when they launch the SNES emulator that's also included in the online subscription, you'll get even more value. More games that I will not play. You know what though? You probably will, because they add like two games a month, and then they never take them back down. They stopped that idea. They were like, ah, oh, that's a bad idea. We're not going to do that anymore. I think that was my highlight of the whole Direct. I uh, expected it to be a big Direct, and it was. I think that is no understatement, maybe? It was massive. It was long. I was kind of... I, I couldn't stop laughing that the Smash Ultimate update was 3.0 is coming in spring. Don't forget about Joker. See you later. Little anticlimactic there. (laughs) It was perfect. That's all we needed. (laughs) Hey, guy. I only have 50 spirits left out of 1,300 to collect. So it also, though... need something else to do in that game. (laughs) Sure, but at the same time, when you have a Direct that's this big and as chock full of games as it was... It's probably a wise decision to downplay the Smash update to try and drive people's interest in the other things that are coming. Everybody's already crazy excited about Smash. You know, yeah, I mean, do. Andrew, I don't think they're going to add more single-player stuff for you, dude. Like, they're adding a new character. They're going to balance stuff. Like, I don't expect... I would not expect single-player stuff for that. Fire Emblem Three Houses. Yes, I, no, thumbs up, thumbs down. Are we interested in that? I don't want more Japanese school games. I'm done with that setting now. Oh, they really took know. a turn halfway into that, didn't it? I hope it's good. No, but, but man. It, I, I was really like, I'm like, okay, these names kind of silly, like the Blue Lions and whatever. 
it's like they're trying to do like Harry Potter yeah. cross persona yeah. cross like school anime and like but, I'm not I don't know but it really takes a turn where you're like they, they do all this history and the land and the three houses and you're like okay awesome it's gonna be a game where I get to play as three different nations I get to play this game three times from three different sides and we're gonna go to war oh my god I'm a school headmaster no <laughs> <laughs> it really took a turn I think mostly for me because I've been watching another anime that I'm not quite ready to talk about yet uh, not through embarrassment but because I want to finish it because it's insane and I can't explain it until it's probably over uh and then I'm like, this is too much. I can't watch that and play that. That's too much anime for me. I I want it to be good. Maybe it'll be the best one in the in the series. Who knows? It won't be. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of how I feel. Yep. Box Boy and Box Girl. Anybody excited for that? Yeah. Okay. I never played the original, so. Right. I'm excited that my purchase of Captain Toad Treasure Tracker for the Switch has improved dramatically. <laughs> Yeah, you're about to get some <laughs> DLC. Yeah, um, that looks cool. They're adding a bunch, like two dozen, two dozen, or sorry, a dozen plus new levels, I think. And then they're also adding in co-op play. That's the thing that the co-op is free. That's the huge thing for me is like, yeah. whoa, they're adding co-op and, and one other thing to the game for free that just make it way more of a value. It's That's nuts. For a game that was a launch title from... from it was a launch title for the Switch, and it was from a previous system to then be like, eh, you know what? Let's put some more time into that. I don't know if we'll make it through all this by today, the end of today. So, I, I mean, like, you know, pick pick the highlights, man. Yeah. Let's, uh, uh, yeah, I definitely had a, a couple of highlights. Uh, one, we got, JJ, we finally got a date on something that we have been tracking the progress of since 2015. I know. Man. Bloodstained Ritual of the Night has a release day. It's finally happening. Well, a release window, I guess. Did they give a, an actual day? Uh, They didn't give a day. They said summertime. They might right. have said... That's, that is more yeah, than we knew summertime. previously. Yeah. A Kickstarter from a million years ago, <laughs> which was never even intended to come out on the Switch. It was intended to come out on the Wii U and the Vita. And then they decided not to do either of those. Yeah. And now it's coming out on the Switch. Yeah, people probably are not very happy about that, but too bad, I guess. Uh, I had a good laugh that the Starlink game is now basically just a Star Fox game. I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> hey, new Fox missions, because this thing didn't sell on any other system. <laughs> uh, you know what? Also, I I'll stop with this next thing, which is... Um, battle royales are just something I apparently am not good at. I thought Did I was good at Tetris. Tetris 99? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did you learn that you're not as good as Tetris as other people? I've, you know what? Tetris is fine. Tetris where you just get multiply owned from every angle. It just makes it a little hard. So maybe I'm more of a Disney sum sum kind of guy. I think the idea of Tetris 99 is really cool. I think that uh, I watched a stream of a Tetris player who did some of those uh, Tetris Grandmaster stuff at AGDQ several years ago. Sure. At oh, some point, yeah. I subbed to his Twitch uh, channel, or I uh, followed it, and I noticed he was online again, and I watched him playing Tetris 99. He's just destroying everyone, of course. And uh, I realized that, like, actually, it didn't matter that he's good at Tetris, because if eight people all target him with garbage at the same time, he just loses. 
<laughs> it's like yeah, there's nothing sure. you can do about it if like 15 lines show up on the bottom of your screen all at once and you're like halfway up the thing already and now you're like you know teetering at the top yeah and of course he has the skill to get out of it but if that happened to me i would just lose instantly well and the last thing we should round it out with was a remake of Link's awakening so cool yeah i think this this was totally unexpected it was the closing news in the direct um they are doing a totally remastered version of the game boy and then they did a, a recolored version for game boy color um but link's awakening this i saw some people complaining about the art style it looked fine did you guys have an issue with it no i have no issue no not at all i it like looks like i a, like the like art a little- style tilt shift kind of toy box look thing I thought it looked yeah a cool. little kind of lawn gnome art yeah looks fine to me yeah i had no issue i think that that was the moment where i was like i'm really happy that i have a switch looking at, at yeah. this whole direct was great and i'm like oh some of those games are cool and there's a lot of new benefits coming and some of these games look yeah, awesome like, and mario maker will even definitely be something talk about all that stuff there's like that weird mech game there's too much out. we can't get through it all right there's now. that other like police anime game yeah. and we didn't talk about that yeah. well, platinum has another stuff, game man. coming out platinum has yeah. multiple man. games coming out including one that wasn't announced the big rumor that i was talking about at the beginning is they're going to bring back Scalebound, which is a game that everybody thought was dead for the xbox one and now they're just like eh, nintendo's been really nice to us so now it's a nintendo exclusive i i don't even know what to make of that and i don't think we have that time for weird. it yeah but that really blows a hole in that guy's theory about the power of the switch huh you gonna bring an yeah. Xbox One game over? I don't know. Who knows? I don't know. I man, it was just it was just a great direct overall. I like so much good stuff in there. Like I said, it's like very happy to own a Switch all of a sudden. All of a sudden, like they, it went from like man, Nintendo does not have a lot of games coming out to like oh, Nintendo is releasing everything in the summer. Like, what are they gonna do in the fall? <laughs> have another direct in the summer, and you'd be like, well, oh, wait, yeah, where did all these games come from? <laughs> they'll have another direct. Yep. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, um, where should people tell us what story they want us to talk about from the direct next week when we don't have technical issues? Knock on wood. Uh, that would be podcast at wewergamers.com, a great email address to send us your comments and suggestions. And you can also get at us on social media. We are at wewergamers on Instagram and Twitter and with facebook.com slash wewergamers. Like and subscribe to the podcast. Get on our YouTube, man. That YouTube is really good. Uh, search for We Were Gamers on there and subscribe. We got all the pods going up on there, slowly but surely. Yep. I'm gonna have to get another amiibo. That link one they announced for April. Ooh, you're never really done. I will say that Salt Snake one looks alright. 